0: Before we go into, before I introduce our guest speaker up, um, I, he's a little wild, y'all. He's a little wild, all right? Um, we So Pastor Rod, I met, is it four years ago or five years ago? Four years ago at a, at a conference, and um, this is when we started, when we first started the church, and like it was just me and Tasha, and we didn't know what we were doing and like four years later we still don't know what we're doing amen hallelujah right that unqualified life um and then we met met pastor rod and you know they planted their church and he just encouraged us along the way of like hey i'm gonna push you forward i'm gonna you gotta keep going and i was just like but i don't know what i'm doing i don't know like where i'm going and he just encouraged me a lot of the things that we do here at pioneer um i learned from him uh and so you know listen I don't know where you at in your life, but you need to have that one person that when you take a big jump and a big risk, who's gonna support you and be there for you, right? Amen. Right? Amen? Yes. Right? Good. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne. Um, but like he just believed in us and, and believed in the spirit and what God called us to. And then four years later, he was just like, There are times where you want to give up, especially as a pastor, where you're just like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. I don't know if I got it. He's like, I'm not gonna let you give up. I'm not gonna let you quit. And so in those times where I wanted to give up on this journey because I, my, my sight wasn't, wasn't confirming what my vision was, he pushed me and kept on pushing me. And so um, they're here this weekend. They came in for a conference. We've been hanging out. I fed them well, y'all. You guys would be proud of me. I, f- I took them to all the good spots. Uncle Lou's, fried chicken, amen. Barbecue shop, right? Oh, you guys are quiet this morning. All right. You won't be quiet with him. So prepare your hearts. Guys, can we give a Pioneer welcome to Pastor Rod and his wife, Sarah, who's here? Can you guys just welcome him?
1: Well, good morning, Pioneer Church. How are y'all doing this morning? When I worship good, I wanted to just keep going. Hey, is it okay if I don't preach, we just continue to worship? Worship is one of my things. It's good to be here. First of all, I want you to know that uh, if you're new here this morning, I have a habit. Uh, It's not just when I preach at church, but anytime I leave my house, I pray that God puts someone new in my path. Someone new that I can share Jesus with. So if you are here and you're new this morning, I want you to know that I've spent plenty of time praying for you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what your name is. But heaven knows who you are. Jesus knows who you are. And he's heard my intercession on your behalf. I, I got to tell you, though, I may be a guest speaker, but I'm like uh, a-, 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 a distant It's good to be here. Our pioneer church finally. It, it, it's good to be here. Feels home. I feel like home. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about myself before I begin to, 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 to run my mouth about Jesus. Eleven and a half years ago, I was a suicidal drug addict. I attempted suicide on, on, on a few occasions. Um, and uh, I entered rehab through a series of consequences. I entered rehab and with uh, probably cocaine still in my body. Uh, I sat on a park bench on the third day in detox, um, and uh, I gave my life to Jesus uh, fully. I'd I'd accepted Jesus previously, but on this particular day, I made the admission that I was going to stop running from him. See, sometimes we can say yes to Jesus, but we run because he's saying some things that sound a little scary to us. And they, they sounded scary to me. And so I ran from him, and that day I told him I will no longer run. And uh, I said, uh, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, I will do. And so here I am at downtown Memphis at Pioneer Church trying to help you build this community that you call Pioneer. Come on now. Now, my life was a mess. My marriage was a mess. My finances were a mess. I owed the IRS $100,000. Uh, I had filed for bankruptcy for $1.5 million dollars and God asked led Sarah and I this is my Sarah would you stand up yes please my beautiful wife Sarah she is our operations pastor at Union Houston and uh you know God led Sarah and I to this church it was a life-giving life-changing church very similar to pioneer and when we got to the parking lot, the first thing I noticed was they were playing "You Too." And I said, I've never been to a church. I've never experienced worship music. I've never openly prayed other than the our father. Right. And, and here I was, and it was like the, the, the flyer that we got said, come as you are. No perfect people allowed. And by the way, the sermon series was called Sex Rocks. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to this church. But when I, I, so I pushed the boundaries, I, I'm kind of an extremist, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert, I'm out there, I'm eclectic, you call it what you want. I like to live life to the fullest, you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and I got out, I, I thought I was gonna push the boundaries, I wore a, a white t-shirt, some ripped jeans and Chuck Taylors and I got out the car and I heard you too and I said, wait a minute, maybe they're not playing around, maybe, maybe this is my kind of church, right? But as I walked in, there were people high-fiving me and they were greeting me and they walked me to my chair and they said hello and they wanted to know my name. I never experienced that before. You know, we walked in a mess. I always say this. We walked in a mess and we walked out a message. And that's what a good community of faith should do. It, it, we're so thankful that Thrive Church was the name of the church. Existed. It gave Sarah and I a fighting chance, a second chance at life. And we're eternally gra- grateful, and I get any chance I get, I honor them. Pastors Tom and Jackie Elmore, we thank you for giving up your life, sacrificing to, uh, to, to make lives better. Today, Sarah and I pastor a church of, give or take, uh, a little over 400 people, sometimes a little less. It's, we're like you guys, in inner city, so you can't make the church every week. But we're honored because it, it started all of, uh, all this started, about five years ago with 12 people in a living room. And all we did was share our burdens and we shared our heartaches and we prayed with each other and we, we believed in each other, we supported each other and we held each other accountable. And from that, the Lord would meet us and began to give us dreams. And, and, and so then when we started the church, I just had this desire that it wasn't just about Union Houston. It was about the kingdom of God. And I realized that there are other couples out there that have the same dreams Sarah and I have. And we said to ourselves, you know what? We're not just about a church plant. We're about church plants. So Here's a praise report. Last week, we helped launch a church. The first church like this in Puerto Rico is called the Rise Church Puerto Rico. And you talk about a timely event. I don't know if you know current events, but there's a whole bunch of mess going on in Puerto Rico. And Pastors Juan and Marisol Rodriguez are bringing hope back into those people's lives. This, we're so passionate about this. And so when God put Pastor Jeremy and Tasha in my life, there's two things I remember. First of all, I was with a, I love young leaders. Our church average age is 32 years old, our leaders average age is probably 28. Most of my leaders are 23 to 25 years old right? I'm the grandpa of the bunch. But here's what happens is, you know, I I, I was with a young leader and he tells me, you got to meet this guy. You're going to like him. And we start walking towards uh, Pastor Jeremy. And I knew it was Jeremy because he had fresh kicks on, right? And he was geared up. The only thing I didn't like about him, he, he was wearing a New York Yankees hat. And I was like, oh, God. But I knew in that moment that God had put someone special in my life, me and Sarah's life. And and, and as I began to hear their hearts and I started to believe in them and they went out for it, you know, they slowly have become, they've never heard this from me, but to me and Sarah, they're our heroes. Can y'all give y'all hands and honor your pastors, pastors, Jeremy and Tasha. Pioneer Church exists to bring the unchurched the uncommitted and undecided to become passionate passionate like Pastor Rod followers of Jesus by the way there's multiple ways to be passionate you don't have to be loud and obnoxious right but we're passionate about this can I tell you we're passionate about getting the people of downtown Memphis to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus and it doesn't matter how what their past looks like. It doesn't matter what their struggles are. It doesn't matter what you're, listen, if you're here today and you have some doubts about who Jesus is and who this God of the universe is, it's okay. He even designed that. Doesn't matter, here's one. It doesn't matter how ugly your past is. It doesn't matter how messy. As a matter of fact, if your life is messy, you're my kind of person. My life has been messy. I love messy lives because out of messiness is where God writes his message doesn't matter how broken your life may be right now. You're in the right place. This is the hospital for broken people. It yeah. doesn't matter how broken your situation in life may be. I believe and I have faith this morning that God is going to speak to someone and reveal a new truth to you. And that the prayers of both communities will be unraveled today as Jesus speaks to us today. Today, I, I want to share a message with you and tell you that life is filled with uncertainty you know we're at the beginning of the year how many of y'all feel like it's already been a year in 2020 right yeah. you got that one boss or that co-worker or financial situation the reality is not many too not too many people not not too many people will tell you this but life is full of uncertainty and there's uncertainty right up ahead there's a problem right up ahead and many of us have realized that I don't know if you have but it's extremely difficult to do this alone if you try to do life alone, can I tell you, it downright sucks, period. And this is what the enemy wants to do. He, lo- well, you, know, you know what the enemy loves to do? The enemy loves to isolate you, alienate you, and then he talks trash to you, and he fills you with shame and condemnation, and that your shortcomings, and your own critic In your own head is the enemy lying to you. So we're filled with discouragement. So we have to fight back with faith. We have to fight back with faith. And a community of faith is a family with great power. It has a great power when we come together in faith, by faith. I want to talk to you today about the power of the community of a family of faith. Now, Jesus, in this moment, I'm about to read you some scriptures, uh, and then I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to give you th- three things that we have to apply today, okay? Really simple. But in this moment, I'm going to set it up because Jesus, he's been going around, he's been touching people and healing them instantly, and he's been sharing the good word of eternal life that is not about religion, but about relationship, that you can be a mess, that you can touch lepers. That you could be around prostitutes and sinners and tax collectors. And and, and so he's going around and he's not only that, he's meeting the needs of people. He's feeding them 20,000 people at one time. He's not just saying some things. He is meeting the needs of the people that are desperate for a Savior. And here we find him in this moment. We have an encounter with Jesus where he's in a home and he is preaching. But watch this. His preaching is not what causes the miracle in the room. It's something else. And we're going to read. I combine a couple of scriptures. It's the same passage, but I took some from Luke 5 and Mark 2, all chronologically put together. And it says this. One day, many religious leaders known as Pharisees, along with many religious scholars, came from every village of Galilee throughout Judea and even Jerusalem to hear Jesus teach. Can I tell you why they came to hear him? Because they wanted to find, they wanted to trap him, they wanted to trick him, they wanted to, they wanted to find and punch holes in his message, but they never could. And the power of the Lord surged through him and to instantly heal. Soon, there were so many people crowded inside this house to hear that there was no room for more, even outside the door. Jesus was preaching the Word of God. These four men arrived and they were carrying a paralyzed man But because there were so many people crowding the door, they had no way to bring him inside. They couldn't get inside But these men were so determined of the needs of their friend That they crawled onto the roof and dug their way through the roof tiles. That wasn't their home by the way. They're vandalizing and lowered the man, stretcher and all. Didn't ask for permission. Didn't have to clean themselves up. Just put them right in the middle of the crowd, but in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw the extent of their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are now forgiven. This offended, of course, the, some of the religious scholars Who were present and they reasoned in their hearts they carried this thought in their hearts among themselves why does he think he has to speak this way this is blasphemy for sure only god himself can forgive sins but jesus he knows people's hearts and he knew their hearts and said to them why do you argue in your hearts over what i do and think that it is blasphemy for to say his sins are forgiven Let me ask you, which is easier to prove when I say your sins are forgiven or when I say stand up, carry your stretcher and walk? Jesus, stop talking to the religious people. Sometimes we're just going to have to ignore the religious people and the Pharisees in our lives and we're going to have to turn to the people in need and just be Jesus to them in this situation. And he turns to the man and says to prove that All that I, the Son of Man, have the lawful authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you now, stand up, pick up your stretcher, and walk home. The man immediately got up, sprang up to his feet in front of everyone, and left for home. When the crowds witnessed this miracle, they were awestruck. They shouted praises to God and said, We've never seen anything like this before. And my prayer for Pioneer Church is that when people leave here change and transform and they walk out those doors, people will say, we've never seen anything like Pioneer Church before. Let me pray for us today. Father God, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of worship this team has given us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the volunteers that came in this morning and brewed the coffee and opened and set up everything. Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. I, you walk amongst us and you blow your Holy Spirit over our hearts and soften it to receive the word you want to give us this morning. Lord, I, I, I ask you to, to give me the strength and the faith and the encouragement to be able to deliver the message that you have downloaded into my spirit as I do the very best to honor and glorify your mighty name. We pray this. Jesus, mighty name. And everybody said I was at a conference in 2018. And uh, the last speaker uh, of the conference was a pastor by the name of Jennison Franklin. Anybody know Jennison Franklin? Anybody listen to Jennison Franklin? He's he's a good old southern boy, has a really cool church in uh, Gainesville, Georgia. But he has also a cross-country campus in Orange County, California. Now you're talking about some, you know, uh, Donald Trump voting red Republicans on one coast and some liberal blue uh, Bernie Sanders voting people on the other coast. But they all have one thing in common. You know what that is? Jesus. And that's so good. I love it. I love Pastor Jenison Franklin. He, and I, I never seen him preach, but I was really excited and I was really expecting to hear something new from a preacher I'd never seen before. I knew who he was because I'd seen his books but I'd never heard him. Now at the time I didn't know this, I gotta tell you this, I'm gonna bring you into my world. At the time I didn't know it, but I was at the very beginning of a very tough and dark uh, season of depression. I struggled with depression, I've always struggled with depression, this is why I was an addict many years ago. And the speed of my faith and life had led me down to a place where I had not taken care of that and I was starting to get into this depression. I was depressed, I was discouraged, I was overwhelmed. I, was un, I felt unappreciated. You know what I felt? I felt unworthy and unqualified. I wasn't going to throw in the towel because I have much faith, but man, did I feel unqualified. And he starts to preach and he starts to talk to us about a book that's written many years ago, and it's called Acres of Diamonds. It's by, my, by a man named Robert Conwell, right? He... Here's what the book is about. This book is about a man that had the desire to go find diamonds. He had heard that there was these diamonds out in this river. And so he took his of property and he sold it for some money. And he took all his money and he went in search of diamonds. Well, he didn't find any. He lost all his money. He also lost all his hope. And he took a rope and he hung himself. In the meantime... There was this man that had scrounged up all this money to buy this property from this man. And he began to work the hard soil of this very tough ground he had just bought, these acres that he had bought from this man. And as he began to plow this field, he began to uh, find himself in these, uh, in these uh, fields as he's plowing these big black rocks. And he's constantly taking these rocks and moving them aside, he's trying to plant seed. So his neighbors, his community came to welcome him into the neighborhood, hey, here you go, here's the butt cake, you know? Here are some muffins for you, right? And, and one of the people said, hey, where'd you get all those black rocks from? And he said, man, let me tell you something. Those black rocks are a pain in my behind. There, I've got acres of those black rocks everywhere and I gotta clean them up before I plant. And the man looked at him and said, sir, If you have acres of those black rocks, what you have is acres of diamonds. You see, what these rocks were, were carbon rocks. And after you break away the carbon, inside were diamonds the size of my fist. By the way, there is a diamond field still to today producing diamonds till this day. In that moment, I had a moment with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said to me, because I was discouraged, Rod, I've given you a plow. You have put your hand to that plow. Don't look back. Because back home in Houston, Texas, what you have are acres of diamonds. Wow. What I realized in that moment is God values every human life the way we value diamonds the size of a fist. They are a unique creation. He says they are my very own possession. They are the treasure of my heart. They are my children. This is my nation. This is my people. But underneath this hard soil of life, we're going to have to break through some tough soil, some rocks. These raw material, black rocks underneath with heat, patience, and pressure is a diamond. That process for us is the process of life and faith. Now, we're going to have to find diamonds, but we're going to have to dig through the situations of our toughness of life, our past, our pains, our mistakes, our failures, the situation we may be facing right now in this moment. You see, what one man saw value in going to find riches and success, one man found the value in the toughness and the hardness of soil one didn't find anything the other found acres of diamonds now here's the interesting things these men that are bringing the paralyzed man to jesus they saw their friend even though paralyzed as a diamond and they too had to dig through things You know, it says that he crawled on the roof and he dug through the roof. I'm going to tell you something about this on the context of the Bible. Roofs in 2000, 2000 years ago in Israel were made with straw, with wood, with mud. And with cow dung, camel dung, because it's sticks. They literally had to dig through crap, literally, to get the man inside. But see, they also had to dig through all the haters, the doubters, the religious people. Probably have to dig through some diagnosis that he'll never walk again. Has anybody been told that you'll never amount to anything? Has anybody in here been given up on? Your family give up on you? Your friends give up on you? We're going to have to dig through that. I'm looking at some people that are willing to dig with other people through that. These friends saw what he was worth. They didn't see that he was paralyzed. I want to tell you this. What we dig for is way more important than what we dig through. Mm, that's good. What we dig for is way more important than what we dig through. I believe that every human is valued by God the way we value a diamond. Yeah. And I believe that they are worth digging through all the crap in the world to tap into their God-given potential. Everyone here has God-given to them. I want you to know that I believe you are worth it. What we see today is that in our encounter with Jesus is a family of faith has power. They have great power. A family of faith is a community of all people, all races, all colors. Look around the room, all backgrounds, right? Hopefully we got a whole bunch of mess in the room. Our our stories are amazing to God. A mosaic of testimonies, right? Some of y'all grew up in church. Some of y'all grew up in the streets, Thank God for Jesus, right? All economical backgrounds, you may have different political inclinations, you have maybe different social justice causes that, you're, that, you're, that, that your heart draws to. We the church are formed to be a community of people And we possess the power of Jesus. We possess, I like to tell my church, we possess the power of heaven inside of us. We are the vessels of hope. We are the vessels of light. We are the vessels of the power of God walking through downtown Memphis.
0: That's good. That's
1: good. A family of faith has the power to save, heal, deliver, restore the power of heaven. But I want to tell you that it's by faith. You see, it said that it was their faith. That activated the miracle. It's by faith that we activate the transformation in the city. By faith, we see everything God created. By faith, Noah built an ark for 120 years for something called rain that he had never seen before. By faith, Abraham believed that he would be the father of all people groups, even though he couldn't have a kid and he was 90 years old. It was by faith, by faith that Moses went and got all the Israelites and some Egyptians out of slavery. By faith, he took a staff and he split the Red Sea and they walked on dry land. And It was by faith that manna came from heaven. It was by faith that he struck the rock and water came out. It was by faith. The paralyzed man was afflicted. But you know what he wasn't? He wasn't alone was paralyzed, but not without potential. And that's where some of us may be today, afflicted but not alone, paralyzed by something but not without potential. All he needed, all this man needed, was a group of friends, a family, a community that had faith that he needed for the miracle. That's what he needed. He had enough faith to bring them to Jesus. That's it. It was faith that the community around him had that made this possible. It said, when Jesus saw the extent of their faith, the miracle entered the room. Maybe you're here and you're paralyzed by a situation in your life. I don't know what it might be. But I know enough about human condition, I know enough in my life that I can tell you that having a financial problem can be paralyzing. To have a broken relationship with a family member, a friend, a coworker can be paralyzing at time. Can I tell you that sometimes depression can be paralyzing. Sometimes anxiety and worry and doubt or low self-worth or low self-esteem can be paralyzing. I, paralyzing our life, stalling us. We might be paralyzed just simply by our negative thoughts, our cynicism, in our own mind. Pioneer is a family of faith that believes in prayer. I've seen you guys pray multiple times this morning. And can I tell you, prayer leads to life. It leads to hope. It leads to peace. It leads to joy. And can I tell you, it leads to greater faith. It's a direct line to Jesus. It's how we pull heaven down. That's how we do that. I want to tell you, Well, this wasn't in my notes, but I was in my prayer time this morning, and I was uh, uh, studying something. Everybody know what the Lord's Prayer is, Our Father, Heart in Heaven? There are four things that happen in the Lord's Prayer. There, there is worship and praise. Our Father, Heart in Heaven, hallowed be your name. There is a praise that's going on. There is an adoration for God. The second thing that happens is your kingdom come, your will be done. There is a creating of an atmosphere of faith. Lord, we don't want this atmosphere. We need heaven on earth. The third thing that happens is we're praying for needs that are both spiritual and physical. And the fourth thing that happens is we're asking for a declaration that he changes the world through us. Lead us not and deliver us from. Tracking? Yep, yep. When we pray... <laughs> We're praying these things, and what we're doing is we're pulling heaven down to us. Prayer and faith combined is a dangerous weapon against the dark forces of this world, against the enemy that wants to destroy you and lie to you. It's how we counteract all those things that are paralyzing us, prayer and faith. I wasn't worship good this morning. Loved it. Did you know that worship is actually a weapon? We we say that at our church, worship is our weapon. You know, worship is we first praise him for all he has done. That's why we praise him. And we worship for who he is. So it's impossible to be in a place of depression and worry and anxiety and worship and declare the things he has done and who he is and remain that way. So it's our weapon pointed at the darkness, aimed at the enemy. And when we worship, we launch those darts towards him. The things that that hinder us, that paralyze us begin to dissipate because we begin to sing that his great love never gives up, right? And we sing it from the heart. His great love, I can come and lay down my burdens. He's telling me, come as you are. I can bring my mess to him. That's what's so good about worship. Y'all are helping. They did have to preach it. We sing things like "He, he is for us and not against us. He will never abandon us or forsake us. That he has over he already overcome the world. So now I can leave here strengthened. But the enemy's also shut down. When we come together as a community and we pray and we have faith and, and we worship, can, can, it shifts us. It transforms us. It, it fills us with the power of heaven. And can I tell you, worship like this morning... It sends shockwaves to the enemy's territories and he begins to take down the strategies and the tactics he had already planned for you tomorrow. So guess what? They're shut down. He's got to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. amen. When I get up in the morning, I wake up with worship because I know he got new plans for me but I'm going to tell him, hey, I'm going to give you a headache today. I'm coming after you. I'm not waiting for you. Amen. I'm going on the offensive. Good. The key to all this is community. We got to do this together. We got to do it together. We got to stick together. I want to ask you a question. I don't know how long you've been here, but if you've been here for some time, if you've been the recipient of some healing, of a miracle, of an answered prayer, of a blessing, if you've received, if you've been blessed by the community called Pioneer Church, would you stand up in this moment right now? Can we give Jesus a hand? Can we give Jesus a hand? Maybe seated. If you're new, give this community four weeks. Don't just come and go. Make it a task to stay here for four weeks. Get in a small group. Build some relationships. And watch how he starts to transform your life. You're no different than anybody else. Trust me. A family of faith has a specific purpose. This is where it gets good and is my favorite. A family of faith has purpose. Here's what I want to tell you. Our purpose is to do everything possible. And I mean everything possible to bring the undecided, the uncommitted, to know Christ and become passionate followers of Jesus. That's that's our purpose. We got to do everything possible. I tell my church to go after and love and reach the least, the last, and the lost. That's our target audience. That's everything. We must do everything possible to invite people. Who have you invited? we got to invite them here. we got to bring all those people in our lives that are going through something that have a need. Your coworkers, your neighbors, your classmates, the people you go have coffee with. Invite them. You know, I want you to look at some empty chairs. Look at those empty chairs. I want you to look at that seat, and in that seat, there's a need. There is someone in your life that has a need, and that seat is for them. Before you leave today, touch that seat and say, I'm bringing them to Jesus. So powerful just to declare it and believe it and walk it out in faith. We must do everything possible to get them here. The paralyzed man's needs was what moved his friends into action. It was their faith that did the miracle, but it was his needs that moved them into action. I say this, there is great power. When we, our purpose is to help the people that are hurting in our lives. That's our purpose. We see people in need when we walk the streets or in your work or in your, in your personal lives. Well, do you take action? And I, listen, it's easy. It's easy. And I say this to myself all the time. It's easy to give someone a dollar on the street. It's easy to do this. It's easy to do that. But man, maybe we need to invite them here. Maybe it starts by inviting them to a small group. Hmm. Maybe we need to invite them here. So invite them to lunch. Here's how you do This is my favorite trick. Hey, let's go to lunch on Sunday. Great, cool, but I'm going to pick you up. So before we go to lunch, I'm going to take you to church, though. <laughs> Make a One of our leaders, his name's Juan Carlos Rivera. I met him at a, at, at, at a, at, at a fight, watching a fight. He was drinking, smoking, cussing up a storm. I loved on him, we talked about Apple, because I love Apple, right? And uh, talked about fight and boxing and sports and so forth. Later on he found out I was a pastor. But here's what's interesting about Juan Carlos is that, you know, my little brother is friends with him. And they were gonna go see uh, one of these bands, Chelsea Grin, or one of these hardcore bands young people like to listen to, because they're, they're musicians. and He said, great, I'm going to pick you up. Didn't tell him, we're going to have dinner and have coffee, and then go to the concert. But he picked them up at 5. And the reason he picked them up at 5 is before before they ate dinner and had coffee, he took them to a Saturday night church service. And it was at that church service that he gave his life to Jesus. He texted me after the altar call, and he said, Pastor Rod, I'm all in. When do y'all launch the church? I want to be a part of it. Today he's one of our leaders. That's how it starts. You can do the same. Just do the same. Now, if you cheat, be generous. (laughs) There are so many people we come in contact with. I got to tell you, there are spiritual needs, there are physical needs all over the place. But is your faith moved by the compassion that God has given you? We must do everything possible to meet those needs. The paralyzed man and his friends had to fight through crowds. But their faith was unwavering. We need unwavering faith. When they couldn't get on the, get inside, they climbed on a roof, and they began to dig through this roof. You, we're going to have to dig through. Here's the crap of life, I call it. And it's people's pain. It's people's past. This is not in my notes, but I want to I be transparent and honest with you. When I was six years old, I was sexually abused, I was physically abused, and I was verbally abused. And I didn't come to terms with that till I was 33 years old, and it was only Jesus that healed that. There are people that are carrying around trauma that don't belong to them, and there is a Savior that paid for it all. And all they need is some people that have enough love to care for the need of their past pains, struggles, and traumas. And I think I'm sitting in a room that are with a bunch of people that are willing to dig through some crap to bring them to Jesus. We're gonna have to dig. Remember. What we dig for is more important than what we dig through. Are you willing to dig through the troubles of life because people are worth it? If you do, I think you're going to see breakthrough, freedom, transformation, miracles. And this happens in small groups. I know you guys are launching small groups. I want to tell you what happens in small groups is you build a relationship. And within that relationship, that's the only way we grow is in the context of relationship. As you build a relationship, now you have someone to pray with and pray for. You have someone to support and that supports you. And you have someone that you can hold accountable and hold you accountable. And through it, what you're gonna find is, you're gonna find people in your community that are willing to dig through any kind of crap to get you to the mountaintop. Amen. And that's what I'm looking at here. This is what a family of faith is. Are you willing to do anything possible? Are you willing to sit with the, the, the sick, the segregated, the sinners. That's, that's where Jesus is. He's hanging out in those areas. We're, you know, in the Bible, there was always these Pharisees, and, and they'd be like, well, what about them? What about them, right? What about the, I can't believe it. Why is he? What about them? How come we don't get Jesus? He's hanging out with tax collectors. And Jesus, at one point, got so sick and tired of it, he shot back and said, hey, listen, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? I didn't come for know-it-alls and holy rollers. I came for those that are desperate to find some healing, to find some breakthrough, to meet the needs of those people that are hurting right now. That's what we gotta be. I see a family that's growing and and, and surging, ready to make an impact in downtown Memphis. That's y'all. It begins with prayer. And then you have to decide in your heart to take action. And so as you Begin to come here and you make this your home. There are some steps you have to take. I tell this to the church all the time. And it's with faith. Some of it may be unnatural to you. You want to serve, because that's the front road to transformation. Yeah. Emilio, one of our parking lot leaders, he is, runs our parking lot. He says, I get the best road. This man is anointed. He can pray for people. He knows a lot about the Bible. What he does is he leaves the parking lot and He says, you know why? I get to see people when their face comes drooping down, and they've been crying, and they've had a rough week. And when they leave, they leave with the joy of the Lord. When you serve, you get the front row to that. When you give, your tithe, When you start to begin to give and develop that gifting, can I tell you what you're doing is, is you're making an impact in this city. And that, that need that is in that chair, that those dollars go to make sure someone sits in that chair. Because the way I see it, we're going to need some more chairs in this place pretty soon. We're going to need some more chairs in this room. Amen. As a family of faith, we have power, we have purpose, and ultimately we have his presence. His presence. When we have faith, healing, salvation, miracles happen. They enter the room. A family of faith, and this happens, when a family of faith creates an atmosphere for life change. When we create an atmosphere for life transformation when we create an atmosphere that heaven touches us. That's what happens when we come in together and we pray and we worship. Pioneer is not a country club. This is not a social club. This is not just a place to meet some friends. I promise you, if you stick around, you're gonna meet lifelong friends that are gonna go with you through thick and thin. But we are the change of the world. I may be thousands of miles away in Houston, Texas, but I gotta tell you, every Sunday morning when I get up, every church that I help pastor and and mentor and coach, we're rising up together to change the world together. We're all in unison with the same thing. Here's what we're doing is we're creating an atmosphere where life transformation happens. And this happens when we're united in the vision of this house, to bring all those people here. When we're united in prayer, and if you're fasting, when we pray, unite in fasting, when we're united in our small groups, when we're united in our worship, when we're united in hearts and minds. That we are the help to the hurting. When we're united in giving and serving. We begin to bring all those paralyzed people into this place so that Jesus can say, stand up from that mess that's paralyzing Pick it up. It's no longer for you to care. Walk home free that situation. United in worship, changing the atmosphere. You know, they went into that chorus, you know, and I love it. The first time I heard Break Every Chain, I was preaching at a prison. And I saw a man in that chair, sentenced to life, raise his hand, give his life to Jesus, a 50 year old, 58 year old man. And when he sang break every chain, you could feel the presence of Jesus all over him. Can I tell you, when we sing break every chain, I hear the chains falling. Man, do I hear all over Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, them chains falling, addiction is falling, depression is falling, loneliness is falling, poverty minded mentality is falling what happens is the darkness begins to tremble. The enemy has to re-strategize. He has to go back to the drawing board. Our declaration as a family of faith is that we are the change we want to see. It starts with us. And then we got to bring people on the journey together with us. That we become a powerful community that changes the world. I believe that every human life is I the size a diamond the size of my fist every human life it's priceless I believe that I don't care what your life is like right now you all possess tremendous potential you have no idea what you can tap into yet diamonds in the making is what you are diamonds need three things they need heat I believe that's the power of God. It needs patience, the patience of time, it's a journey, it's a process, and lastly, it it needs the pressure. We're going to have to put a little pressure on ourselves to to meet the needs of those people around us, to develop our faith. My, My message to you today is that we exist to reach all those people in your life that you come in contact with that have needs, that are in need of Jesus. Our faith has the power, it has a purpose, and has his presence in creating an atmosphere where Jesus begins to change people's lives. It starts with a simple, by faith in our hearts. Pioneer, you have been called, you have been anointed, you have been appointed. To be the change in Memphis, Tennessee. To have the faith to dig for diamonds. As I end my message, I just simply leave you with a question. Would you prayerfully consider joining us in digging for diamonds? Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com slash give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.